okay? And uh, so glad that you're with us on mission. And this morning what we are doing is we are continuing our 12-part series on Matthew. I know we took a little break last week for obvious reasons. Uh, we, we, somebody busted me. Brandon goes, it was a rerun. It's a total rerun. I was like, well, yes, it was. Uh, but we were online only. And uh, we had made that decision kind of late in the week, so we didn't have time to sort of record a message, but we're continuing our 12-part series. And uh, I, I think that this morning are probably some of my favorite words of Jesus, probably some of my favorite words in the entire Bible, and, uh, and I just love it. And if you've ever felt uh, overwhelmed, if you've ever felt burned out, you will find Jesus' words like a cool drink to your soul. Yeah. Anybody here ever found yourself uttering the words, I'm just really overwhelmed right now? Okay, the rest of you lie. And uh, yeah, uh, I hear that all the time. I probably hear that uh, once a week. Somebody says, I'm just feeling really overwhelmed right now. I'm just really overwhelmed. And, uh, and this overwhelm almost has this picture of, I just have so many things on my shoulder. I just feel, I feel bowed down. I feel like weighed down by stuff on my shoulder. I'm just feeling overwhelmed. I can't really think straight because i got too much to do or my schedule is too busy. I have too many tasks ahead of me. And, uh, and I know what that is like. I, I get that feeling. Um, a few years ago, I remember it, I, it, I went through a burnout period. And it wasn't pleasant. It was very, uh, it was one of the hardest seasons I've ever been through in my entire life. And I didn't realize, like, that that was actually a thing. I just thought people said they were burned out when they were just sort of tired because they've had a really busy schedule. I didn't really realize that, like, that was actually, that's actually a clinically diagnosed thing, burnout. And uh, I just remember some of the worst parts of it was just a complete lack of vitality. Like, you're just burned out, you're depressed, no vitality, to the point where it's almost like, um, like, I remember, well, I remember people used to say things to me like, I just don't have the emotional energy for that. I don't have the emotional energy. And I always just thought that was just sort of a fancy way of going, I'm feeling kind of lazy. And that was sort of, I'm just, just being honest. And um, I discovered that when you're burned out, everything feels like a chore. Like, Everything feels like a chore. And uh, even the things that you normally love to do, like things that you just love to do, suddenly feel like a chore. You have no vitality for it. And I, I remember feeling like uh, I'm running on less than fumes at this point. Like, you know, people say, well, I'm running on fumes. I'm only running on fumes. And, and then that season just going, I'm, I don't even have fumes. I don't even know. I think I'm just moving forward on muscle memory at this point, you know, or, or momentum. It's like I'm on less than fumes. I've got to stop. But here's the, like, the kicker with burnout is I don't know how to stop. Like, I've, I'm just, I, know this is, I know this is killing me, but I don't know how to stop, you know. And I don't know how to stop, and I don't know how to rest. I forgotten. I don't know how to refuel or I'm unable to. There is something in my mind or something in my brain that is telling me to keep moving forward even though it is the worst thing that I can do right now 
is to keep moving forward. And so it was a really bad season. And maybe you have uh, felt that way before. Maybe, maybe you felt completely wrung out. You know, and even wrung out doesn't describe it because let's just say if you're a sponge and you're wrung out, uh, that doesn't even describe it. You've not just been wrung out, but you've been left to dry in the sun for a while. <laughs> and you're not just wrung out, but you're dried up and shriveled up. And it's almost like you're hungry. I don't know if any of you have ever been here. You're hungry, but you don't have the energy to get up and make something to eat, right? I'm really hungry now. I know I should eat, but... I, the idea of getting up to the kitchen and making something to eat just feels like too much, too much, you know. Or you desire some intimacy with your spouse, but even that feels like a chore, right? Stuff that you love to do, guys, but I'm too tired for that, right? That feels like a chore. That feels boring, right? Or an alarm clock goes off in the morning and the idea of getting out of bed literally just feeling feels like I don't want to get out of my little cocoon because outside of this nice little comfort zone is more heaviness and depression. Am I get, making y'all, lifting y'all up this morning? Yes. Amen. <laughs> yes. Uh, but here's the thing. Um, here is the thing that I believe, and I believe with all my heart that God wants us to live from a place where we're refreshed, right? God doesn't want us to live from a place of exhaustion. He wants us to live from a place of rest, a place of refreshment, right? You know, Jesus is always saying, come, come, just come to me, come to me, right? And it's this place where we have emotional and physical energy to worship him, to serve him, to serve others. And so um, that's where God wants us to live from, to live from a place of rest, to live from a place of of refreshing, to live from a place of restoration. And the, the unfortunate thing is, I believe that we live in a culture that has kind of forgotten how to rest. We really don't know how to rest. And uh, so we, uh, we fall into patterns instead, where maybe we think that resting is sort of Netflix and chill. Or a lot of people, I don't know if you've noticed this, I tend to be a bit of a people watcher. And so if I go to get my oil change or if I'm sitting in a waiting room somewhere or I'm at the store, I notice that when people have a moment to go, what do they do? And somehow they feel like every second or every moment of their day has to somehow be occupied, right? Uh, instead of sort of you know, sitting there letting their mind rest, and maybe just sort of observing their surroundings or talking to the Lord, what they do is they begin to take in input, right? They take in input. And that's actually not rest. You're not resting your mind. Why is it that you can burn out working in front of a computer? That doesn't sound like strenuous work, does it? All right? And all of you who sit and work in front of a computer all day know that that's just not true because you are exercising your mind, and that can be very, very exhausting. And so uh, we have forgotten how to rest. So in our downtime, we stare at screens, and that's not rest. Or in our downtimes, we, we do other things. So uh, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about creating this, getting to this place where we can create emotional and physical margin. Y'all, we need some margin. Y'all know what margin is? Yeah? It's not butter. It's deadly, and you shouldn't be eating that garbage. And... Uh, <laughs> 
It's one molecule away from poison. Anyway, so, no. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Steve, for throwing. It's not good. It tastes like plastic. Anyway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, margin is, when I, when I was in grade school, we still worked on loose leaf paper. We had a stack of loose leaf paper in our desk, and we would pull it out, and we, you know, loose leaf paper. It's paper that's a single sheet with lines on it, right? With a little pink line that goes vertically down the side, and on the left side of that pink line was the margin. You didn't write in that. That's empty space. Maybe there's some space you could write some notes and stuff. But most of us don't have any empty space in our lives. We don't have any margin in our lives. And Jesus calls us, and he draws us to the margins. And so let me pray real quick, and then we're going to read from Matthew. Uh, Father, we love you so much, and we thank you for your goodness, and we thank you for how much you love us. You loved us so much that um, you even just said, hey, just, just come to me and rest. And so, Lord, we pray that you would help us to get that this morning. We pray that your word would um, take root in our hearts and bring quick transformation to us, Lord, uh, for your glory and your honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so we're going to take a quick look at Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Again, these words of Jesus, I love, 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 and it says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary. Anybody feel weary? Come to me, right? And you all who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. Mm. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Doesn't that just feel so overwhelming? No! Right? There's like nothing of overwhelm in Jesus' words. There's nothing that says, burn the candle at both ends. He's just saying, hey, come to me if you're weary and heavy. I'm gonna give, I want to give you rest. So one of the things that Jesus offers us is rest. And his call is to come to him. And his call is always there. Right? Come, I'll give you rest. And so if you remember one thing this morning, I just want to remember this. Emotional and physical margin come when we align our priorities with the Lord's. When we align our priorities with the Lord's. Now, listen, a lot of times we have priorities and uh, we feel like they're good priorities, but they're not necessarily the Lord's priorities because the Lord isn't always sort of piling things on us. And we kind of have, like I mentioned before, a sort of a priority problem in America. We have a priority issue. And so a lot of times we uh, are sold this bill of goods that we are to work hard and climb a ladder and, you know, have, uh, you know, certain trappings of success and all those things. And that those, and, th and I'm not saying that those things are bad. I'm not saying that climbing the ladder is bad. I'm not saying success is bad. I'm not saying making a lot of money. I'm not saying those things. But when we achieve those things at the expense of our families, we do those things at the expense of our, our well-being, our soul. You know, what does the scripture say? You know, what gains, what does a man gain if he gains the whole world but loses his soul? Okay? And so... 
a lot, there's a lot of very successful soulless people who have everything, and, you know, maybe they've, they've got a boat. I don't know why anybody would ever buy a boat. I think that's just silliness. It's just too much maintenance, and, and you've got to winterize them and all that stuff. But I don't know. Where's Michael Brower? Michael Brower bought a boat. <laughs> I just remember that. He, he and some friends bought a houseboat. That's crazy. Uh, we all need to have a church, like a mercy event on it. I'm going to talk to him about that. So, um, What's that? Yes, exactly. Bo- I'm, no, I'm saying I don't know why anybody would buy a boat because they're too much work. Now, if somebody else wants to work on that boat, that's fine. I'll get on it. But I'm not going to winterize it and brush the barnacles off of it on whatever it is you got to do, right? Hoist the mainsail, right? Weigh the anchor. I don't know, but who knows? Who knows? Boats are a big mystery, people. Nobody knows what they, how they work, right? <laughs> but the thing is, is we end up where we have everything. We have everything except for happiness. We have everything except happiness, you know, it's funny, and I know I've shared this before, but it was such a revelation for me. The day I sat outside of Walmart, and it was uh, in the springtime, and everybody had their tax refunds and all those things, and I, I don't remember why I was sitting out there. I was probably sitting out there uh, waiting to pick somebody up or something. But I, I remember all these people, just cart after cart, full of giant screen TVs, video game systems. Everybody's out spending their tax refunds. I mean, just anything that you could want, they were able to get cheapest at Walmart, and they looked miserable. Absolutely miserable. And they're pushing the big screen TV outside, of the, outside and they just, they look like they're uh, just, you know, out of breath just from that action. And they look unhappy, and they look depressed, and, they're all, and people are yelling at each other. And it's like, how is it that you can have everything, every little toy that your heart desires, but you can be completely unhappy? And it's because there's a priority problem in our country. We have a priority problem. And uh, we have more of everything except for happiness, except for margin, except for joy. And we just take a minute and we take a deep breath and go, I think I'm just going to stand out in my front yard for five minutes. And just, just listen to the breeze through the trees and the birds singing and just see, maybe God will talk to me. Maybe God will say something to me. And we have those little moments, but we don't have those moments anymore. Right? And so uh, I, I got to tweet that because it's really good. <laughs> right? We commute through traffic. We work crazy hours to accumulate things we don't need, like five of broat. You owe me. And... Uh, that's an inside joke, but Wendy bet me I could never work that into a sermon. And so, oh, we tax our kids to activities that don't really benefit them. We keep up with news that only stresses us out. And we continually operate at 110% all the time, okay? And so those of you who, who are always checking the news, who love the news, who have to find out how many people... We're infected today, and what's going on with the administration, all those things. You're not helping yourself. You are not helping yourself. You are burning yourself out. And, uh, you know, more than 50% of deaths in our country are related to lifestyle choices. 50%, more than half of the people die 
prematurely because of lifestyle choices. And that's a problem. So it's important that we choose a lifestyle that facilitates rest, that creates margin, margin, right? Jesus says, listen, I didn't place that burden on you, right? I never once heard Jesus say, look, you guys need to read the Jerusalem crier and be informed, people, right? Jesus didn't place that burden. He said, he said, I didn't place that burden on you, right? He says, come to me. Take on my yoke. Let the things that are important to me be important to you and let everything else go, right? Let the things that are important to me be important to you and let everything else go. In me, you will find rest for your overburdened soul, okay? And once again, I'm not, I'm not saying be disinformed people, be ignorant people. Don't, I'm not saying that. I, what I'm saying is create margin. Don't let those things take up every bit of available space that you have in your life. Uh, so uh, what are some things? How can we kind of create some margin? I'm going to talk about that real quick. And when we're out of shape physically, um, what do nutritionists tell us to do, right? They, they don't say, okay, stop eating this, stop eating that. So they say, start eating this, start eating that, start eating this, because when we start eating those things, we become satisfied on the good stuff, and the other stuff just sort of fades away. That's why it's always a good idea if you're going to go to a pizza buffet, eat a salad first. I know it feels like a token thing, but fill up your gut with something a little bit healthy before you go with those other things. And so uh, he says, just, you know, they say to add things on. So what are some things that we can sort of add on to our lives that will create margin? I know that sounds like a paradox. How can I create margin by adding something? But we're going to look at that. So some things that we can start adding to our lives. The first thing is this, is go to, go to Jesus first. Go to Jesus first. Always and forever go to Jesus first, right? Jesus' first words in this passage are what? Come to me. Yeah, it's pretty simple. In fact, if we just stick with that one, we can end, right? We can, we can be done today. He says just go to Jesus first. Come to me. Going to Jesus in prayer should be our reflex, right? We just love him. We know him. We have that kind of relationship with him. And we all have that friend that we sort of text out of reflex, because, you know, that's the person we want to share stuff with. Wendy's that friend to me. If I see something weird, I want to take a picture of it and send it to her, right? If I'm having a good day, if, if you know, if everything's working, right? I'm sorry, when you get to our age, it's a big deal when you poop. <laughs> so, yeah, we send each other those texts, all right? It matters. It's a reflex. But, but, gee, be, Yes, yes. Group text. Um, this, you know, but going to Jesus in prayer should just be that reflex. That kind of reflex. Go to Jesus for wisdom when you need wisdom. Go to Jesus for strength when you need strength. Go to him when you need rest and refreshing. Sometimes we find ourselves drowning acti in activity, but, but wouldn't, wouldn't be drowning in activity if we would have went to Jesus first and asked him, should I add this activity? to my already list of, long list of activities, right? Go to Jesus first. Jesus might not want you to do everything, okay? Yeah, I know, right? Jesus is always inviting, always inviting, always inviting, always inviting us. Come to me, come to me, come to me, come to me. And so just go to Jesus first, okay? The second thing is this, is just, you know what? Learn from Jesus. <laughs> Learn from Jesus. Jesus says in this passage, I'll teach you. I will teach you. God's word is incredibly packed with wisdom. 
and ignoring God's word and letting that be sort of that thing that we, maybe we get to once in a while or maybe we, you know, uh, we, heard it, we hear it at church or whatever is, is detrimental to our soul, is, is conditional to burnout, okay? Everything that we need to grow as a follower of Jesus is found there. And people who don't really know Scripture tend to describe Scripture as some sort of just like old book full of do's and don'ts, Okay? You ever notice that? Have you ever talked to somebody who doesn't know, really know the Bible, but they, uh, they have this mental image of the Bible as being something that's very sort of like almost oppressive and, you know, constrictive and full of just restraints and the Bible's just a bunch of don'ts and, you know, all those things. But when you know Scripture, you realize there's such liberation, there's such freedom, there's such joy in it. Go to Scripture. Learn from Jesus, Right? It's full of life, it's full of hope, and Jesus said, let me teach you, and what does he say will happen when he teaches us? He says, let me teach you, you will find rest for your soul. Wow, that's pretty awesome. I remember I went through a season uh, before I got married, and, and I was... Uh, I don't know what was going on in my life. Maybe it was transition, maybe it was just the enemy, I don't know what it was. But I couldn't sleep. And I struggled to sleep at night. I would wake up from nightmares. I would have just have ter- ter- just terrible nightmares. And I couldn't sleep. I, I remember just going for days, just feeling tired constantly because of that. It was a very hard season. And a friend of mine just said, this, was, this is going to show how old I am. I got the Bible on cassette. <laughs> and I had a boombox that would flip the cassette automatically. Mm-hmm. That's right. And uh, I remember I just thought, you know what, from now on, I'm just going to spend 15 minutes reading scripture before I go to bed, and then I'm going to put this little Bible on cassette, and I'm going to put that on. And instantly, I began to sleep better at night. Instantly, I would just lay in bed, and I would feel kind of the presence of God, you know, just speaking to me and and just feeling like the father going i care about this and and it's just sleeping so wonderfully and it's uh, when we understand that there's rest in the word that's such a powerful thing so many people what do they do before they go to bed at night they look at this right and this this is not going to help you sleep good this is, this is not going to give you a good night's rest. You're not going to find rest in this. And so, but we do find rest in the word. Learn from Jesus. And the last thing is, is don't try to be Jesus. Don't try to be Jesus. We try to be Jesus. That's too hard. Only Jesus can be Jesus, right? Don't misunderstand me, right? We, we're here to serve. We're here to help. We're here to bring healing to others. But we're not Jesus. We can't help everyone. We can't help everyone. We want to help everyone, right? We want to say yes to everything and yes to everyone, you know. Um, but we're not Jesus. And uh, it's, we try to be. We try, we try to change the world all the time, don't we? And then the problem with trying to change the world is when we try to change the world, we overlook the person next to us who needs to be changed, right? You ever, you know, people, some people try to change the world through Facebook or through social media, and uh, I'm, it's like, relax, okay? Relax. 
Your post about this or that that you think is going to make a difference and change the world isn't. Okay? <laughs> Chill out, weirdo. We, you know, we don't... Or why does the line go, Hudson? Settle down, spazzo. Settle down, spazzo. You know, we, you're not going to change the world. Just relax. You can't. You can't. Okay? Uh, you can't say yes to everyone who reaches out to you for help without becoming weary and heavy burdened. Okay? There's a reason why. We, we have volunteers here, and we have three teams that rotate in this church. Right? And uh, are they colored now? Color coordinated? What are they? Red, green, and blue. And listen, at Mercy Vineyard, you can serve on the red team and the blue team, or the green team and the blue team, or the green team and the red team, but you cannot serve on the red, green, and blue team. Right? You can't. You can serve on two, but not three. Because, you're, you, listen, you, you might want to in the moment, but in six months, you're going to come and you're going to go, I'm just really burned out. I need to step down. Okay? It, that's just what happens. There's a reason. The road to burnout is filled with good intentions. It really is. We, we just naturally tend to find meaning through motion, don't we? In our lives, we find meaning through motion, but some of the greatest meaning you will ever find in your entire life is not in motion, but in stillness. When you can hear the voice of God, it's in stillness. Okay? Don't try to be Jesus. Do for one or two people what you wish you could do for everyone. Does that make sense? You might want to do for everyone. You might want to save the world and, you know, uh, and do, that for, do for a couple people or do for one team what you wish you could do for three, right? <laughs> or two teams. But you can't. You can't save the world. Don't try to be Jesus. And here's the thing. When we... When we focus our energies on one or two things, we're a lot more effective. We're a lot more effective, okay? And so I remember even as a youth pastor, it was very often that a parent would come to me and say, I want you to disciple my child, my son or my daughter. I want you to disciple them. And uh, I, could, you, could you just meet with them like once a week, one-on-one? -on -one? And um, if I was already meeting with somebody or two people, one-on-one, -on -one, I'd always say, no, I can't, I'm sorry. But you know what, parent? You be their disciple, you disciple them, because really that's your job. Anyway, that's another story altogether. Okay, do for, do for one or two people which you wish you could do for everyone, okay? Sometimes we think we're supposed to start a ministry, but God is just asking us to help like two people. <laughs> so, and then the last thing is this. Get good at resting. Y'all should be really good at resting. And I'm, you know... Here's the thing. Jesus was so good at resting. When you read the story about him getting in the boat, right? Jesus gets in the boat, and he goes underneath, and he goes to sleep, and then the storm is literally raging, and the disciples are panicking, and they have to wake him up. He didn't wake up from the storm. He woke up because the disciples came down to wake him up. He was just really good at resting. And that comes when we learn from him, when we go to him, right? When we don't try to be him. Jesus was good at it. He wasn't lazy. He was just good at resting, and there's a difference. I think here in the Midwest, we struggle with that a lot because uh, we're like, we, we love to call people lazy, don't we? Like here in the Midwest, it's a badge of honor. If you work 80 hours a week and your hands are full of calluses and your back hurts and all that stuff, I mean, you can be like the biggest horrible person in the world. But if you're a hard worker, 
that's all that matters, right? I knew a lot of people growing up, I worked in roofing and things like that, who were just awful people. But because they worked really hard, they were like, there's just such a hard worker. I want to be like that guy. I don't. I really don't. Because he's going to be useless in about 10 years when all of his joints are bad, when his back is done, and when he's been coping with substances, you know, because he's been too busy to... Or she, right? Or she. And so, but Jesus was just really good at resting. And I think it's important that we understand this. And this is very hard. And this is hard for me. I'm going to be really honest. This is hard for me. But we need to consume less information. It's okay to consume less information. It really is. It really is. Because a lot of times, what do we do? We consume loads of information about things that only incite panic in us, but we can't do anything about. Okay? We can't, we can't do anything about it. And so consume a little less information. Um, consume less social media. It's, it's just so wonderful. I, I took like a year-long social media detox. I took the things off my phone, and I used this little program called Liberate so that I couldn't cheat and go on Safari and look at my social media on my phone. And uh, now that the, like, the year is up, I don't want to get back on because the the feeling of freedom and not having all that negativity. I, I rarely get on Facebook and get off feeling, that was great. <laughs> I can't wait to get back on again. But because they use certain psychological tactics to keep you coming back, you keep coming back, right? We all, we all keep coming back to it. Um, let your mind rest. And so the idea here in rest is to rest without someone else's thoughts being put into you. So what does that mean? So maybe you want to go for a walk, and you want some of this rest that we're talking about. You want to go for a walk. Don't go for a walk and listen to a podcast. Okay? Um, don't go for a walk and listen to the news. In fact, I would even, I'll go this far. Maybe not even go for a walk and listen to music with lyrics. And if you're a musician, maybe not even go for a walk and listen to music. Just nothing. Okay? Because... When you're listening or consuming those things, it's somebody else's ideas. And when somebody else's ideas are coming into your head, it's hard to hear from the Lord. It's hard to really, truly rest, right? Brand, I was talking to Brandon you know, beforehand, and he said, yeah, trying to rest while consuming somebody else's ideas is like trying to fast while nibbling at something. It's, you, you can't do it, right? I can't stand here and talk to Linda and, and have Kale talking to me in the other ear. I'm not going to be able to hear what Linda's saying. I'm not going to be, it's going to be muddled. I'm not going to be able to focus on that, and it won't feel restful. You ever notice that? Sometimes if you're in a party or a crowd and several people are talking to you at once, when you leave, you feel exhausted. That's not rest. That's not rest, okay? So get good at it. Y'all should be professional resters. Professional resters, right? Yes. Go to bed. For eight hours a night. Yeah? Go to bed without a TV or phone. Okay? Don't look at your phone just before you go off to sleep. Y'all should know that by now. <laughs> Practice a weekly Sabbath. Practice a Sabbath. What does that mean? For one 24-hour period a week, just rest. Now, you might have an activity that's restful f for you. Maybe go, you know, going for a bike ride or maybe piddling around out in the garage is rest for you or whatever uh, for a Sabbath. But 
keep the ears clear. Enjoy the silence. Enjoy the solitude. I know, so for, some, for some extroverts, that sounds like torture, right? I was telling a friend of mine, I'd say, I like to take a five-day retreat twice a year and just go out. I'm by myself. I'm out in the middle of nowhere. I'm not within driving distance of a store or anything. I'm just out there. And, uh, and for five days, I'm just by myself. And my friend was like, that sounds like torture. That is utter torment. I could never, ever do that. And, uh, of course, you know, um, he gets burned out a lot. But um, practice a weekly Sabbath, right? Go to Jesus, align your priorities with his, right? And we know that because when we go to him, we discover what's important to him, and we say what's important to you, Jesus, is going to be important to me, and let everything else go, right? Learn from his words. Help others, but not everyone. <laughs> Level up your disconnect and your, your rest game, yeah? Yeah. All right. Why don't, why don't uh, the worship team come back? I, I just want to pray for you guys. Uh, we're going to end here, but I just want you to imagine just living from that place of easy to bear, right? Living from that place of light. Because so often we find ourselves in places where we're going, I have to do these things, but I'm exhausted. We're not living from a place of rest. Or I have to go and uh, help some people, but I'm exhausted. I'm just so tired, right? And uh, that's not where Jesus wants to live from. Or live from a place where you're not burned out. Live from a place where you're not drained. You know, imagine a place where you actually enjoy the company of others and enjoy serving them, all right? When we're irritable with others, a lot of times that's a sign that we are burned out, right? One where we're not tired all the time. Wouldn't it be wonderful to live a life where you're not tired all the time? One where you experience the rest that Jesus is talking about in Matthew 11. Emotional and physical margin, they come and we align our priorities with the Lord's. And so I want to encourage you to um, get prayer this morning if you need prayer. If you're tired this morning, if you're feeling kind of burned out, go get prayer, okay? Jesus has come to me, all you who are weary, and get prayer this morning. But uh, won't you stand up with me for just a second? And, uh, and close your eyes with me. And I just want you to imagine, when you hear the words of Jesus, right? Let me read them to you again. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle of heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. And I, I just want you to imagine, just for a moment, as I just ask you this question, I'm just going to ask you, what does that mean to you? What does that re kind of rest look like to you? And when was the last time you really experienced rest like that? And this morning, as the prayer team was praying, we were praying for a quick harvest for this word, for you. That this 
this idea that Jesus brings, this promise that Jesus brings to give you rest, wouldn't be something that you discover months down the road or years down the road or one day later when you're sort of meditating on the scripture, but that it would bear fruit in you now. That today would be a day for you to maybe make some decisions, make a phone-free day decision or phone-free hours during the day decision or uh, a decision to uh, maybe just cancel a couple plans and get some rest. But that today would be a day where all of us would make those course corrections in our lives that allow us to live more as Jesus intends us to live, going to him, learning from him, laying our burdens at his feet and resting. And so God, I pray for every person here to make those adjustments in their lives, God, that bring them closer to living out of rest instead of out of exhaustion. God, that they would lay down burdens that you never intended for them to pick up. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name.